Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. And we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome, Inside the Ropes, episode number 83. I cannot believe we're churning through these episodes, but this is another special ISPS Hand of Vic Open edition of our little podcast coming to you live from 13th Beach immediately after one of the longest days in the history of Australian tournament golf. John Huggan, Mike Clayton, you've both been out there in the absolute thick of it today, caddying this week and now uh, back in the fray in the Inside the Ropes studio. Welcome along, boys. Nice to be here. Thank you, Hazy. How would you describe that day, Mike? Uh, very difficult. Not, not as I was talking to someone on the course. Not as difficult as a hot north wind day at Royal Melbourne on the sandbelt, but tough, cold, windy. The greens are manageable, so that kept it within reason. But very difficult. And you caddied for Christina Kim. I did. Walk us very briefly through her round. Uh, one, one birdie, driver, driver, twenty footer in at the thirteenth hole. And two bogeys. Very steady, to, sensible golf. To finish at one over, which turned into a magical number later on. Huggy, you were with Katrina Matthew, the former Australian Open champion. Indeed, yes. How did that pan out? I know that you described it to me earlier in the press centre as one of the more miserable experiences in your life. Well, Not it, the caddying for Katrina, no, by the way, no, the conditions. Not, not at all. The, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, I can't remember the last time I felt so sorry for myself. That when I was walking up the second fairway into the teeth of this wind and howling rain, and oh, it was February in Australia turned into October in Scotland. Wow, all of a sudden. that's a fairly uh, apt description, I think. And basically, it was a fight. Everyone who's listening and didn't experience it or d- couldn't uh, see it on television today, it was a knock 'em down, drag 'em out fight for six hours. The last groups went around in six hours. It's hard to comprehend um, that we could do that and sort of not have penalties. But that's just how hard it was today for everyone on course, men's, women's, everyone. And we've ended up with a couple of interesting leaderboards, Clay. So I, I, I'm, I'll, let's talk about the women's one first. Uh, we had a young lady at the top from America, the United States, from Texas, Kim Kaufman, uh, who started the day in front comfortably and had a 75 and is still in front comfortably. Well, by two. Well, that's comfortable but enough. T- she hit a... Brilliant shot at the, at the 13th. The aforementioned 13th, the four iron to a foot. It was the highlight of her day. But it was, no, it wasn't the highlight of her day. It was, it was another highlight. She yeah. had a, she had the highlight of the yeah. almost of the of the oh, tournament. I, I saw that shot too. That now that well, that was just a fluke. Yeah, it was. It was a proper shot on the 13th. It was a, no, let, and that's yeah. absolutely true. So Kim Kaufman had the two highlights of the day. I don't think there's any doubt about that. On a day when good shots were hard to find, she played the best two on in both fields. The seventh, Huggy, we're all aware of the postage stamp at Troon. Um, Doesn't look a thing like that, the seventh hole here, does it? But it plays in a sort of a similar way. 
in that wind, I mean, it was it was brutal. I mean, I have to say though that my player hit it to four feet. You know, obviously, she really expert bit of clubbing by me, but <laughs> uh, nothing to do with her talent. Um, and she missed the putt sadly. <coughs> but so uh, I spoke to David Drysdale, who's a fellow Scot of mine from the same town as me in Dunbar, and he thought the play, the, that hole was almost unplayable. Yeah. So for a Scottish guy to say that you know, tells you how yeah. hard it was. So Wade Ormsby just told us a minute ago, and we'll come to Wade in a minute, but he just told us over 100 metres, the ball was moving 11 to 12 metres left in 100 metres in the wind, pin tucked hard left, what? and a big slope down the left. It didn't matter where the pin was. The, shot, yeah. the pin could have been on the far right side of the green. It would have been just as hard to get on the green. Yeah. And the problem was you aimed at the right side of the green and the ball hooked, mm. moved 15 feet in the air. But that set it on the trajectory to bounce and it just tipped off the left side of the green. Yeah. So. Um, and we saw some really big numbers on the seventh yeah. today. And the reason I'm talking about that is because Kim Kaufman found the front left bunker. Not an easy shot. She couldn't get settled. She couldn't... She just told us a minute ago she was... Only reason she pulled the trigger because she was feeling... Decidedly nervous about having taken too long over the ball. She wasn't ready. She wasn't set. But she goes, my God, I'm taking a long time over this. Almost knifed it. Almost. Mm. Slam dunk yeah. into the hole. Straight in. It's straight in for a two. When all around at that time were having fours and fives, some even sixes on the seventh today. And Kim Kaufman broke clear of the field. And despite a couple of stumbles and the magnificent shot on the 13th, she's a two-shot leader over Celine Boutier, France, who played a fantastic round of three under par, 69, out a little bit earlier. And Melbourne's own Sue O, also in a share of second, only two shots behind Clayton. She's been here before, a runner-up at this tournament previously, a really dear friend of yours. What do you think's going through Sue O's mind tonight? Well, she needs to play better tomorrow. She shot a great round today, considering how poorly she hit the ball on occasion, or Rackley. So. And she started off her round today with bogey, bogey, and admitted to us a few minutes ago that she was incredibly nervous. Yeah, which is not like her, really. But and yeah, not. she played the first two holes like a drunken sailor, really, in fairness. <laughs> but, well, she wasn't going to make double bogeys, but she just made, you know, miserable. Then she got a, she made a great up and down at the next. She made a whole nice part at the next, and she just kept it all together, really. And uh, then snapped it in the hazard at the last and chopped it out and hit a great three-wood on the green. So... If she wins the tournament, she'll go away thinking, well, you can sometimes play not very well and win golf tournaments. But uh, comes back again to her start, hole in one. You know, she was, what, seven under after 11, so that set her week up, really. That was on Thursday morning. Yeah. She just told us, I asked her what she wanted to achieve out of tomorrow. And would you believe, Huggy, and Clayton just referenced it then, she said, I want to hit the 18th fairway. It's as simple as that. We would have thought she had something more grand chasing a first LPGA Tour victory, uh, first professional win on, on Victorian soil. Um, she was just adamant about hitting the 18th fairway because she nearly butchered it very late on today. So it was a great scramble. She had only had one birdie today on the on the eighth hole, which is be, I would imagine would be a long time since Suo played 18 holes of golf with only one birdie. Yeah, it would have been. But I mean, it was a hard day. Christina only made one birdie, so I'm sure there were plenty of players who didn't make too many more than that. Haru Namura, the former Women's Australian Open champion, had a bit of a stinker on the back nine and carded at 76, but still outright fourth at seven under. And then there's a very big gap. I'm not sure, Huggy, if you'd think it's a too big a gap to, to chase back to four under, but Jody Hewitt shat off from England, her countrywoman Felicity Johnson, the first round leader. Catherine Kirk, who was very steady today, and Miriam Lee of Korea. Um, we don't often have to go down that far in the leaderboard to find a Korean, but we have this week. It's remarkable. They're all at four under. 
Do you think they're within reach of Kim Kaufman and the others at the top of the board? Well, yeah, with better weather tomorrow, um, the low round will come back into play if it's, it's the forecast is correct. So, yes, I mean, the, the, the four unders still have a chance because the, there's a 65, 66 out there for, for one of them in decent weather. Um, if we get more like we had today, it, it works in favour of the leaders, obviously, because they, they've, the, they, they've created the gap and, and it's very difficult to make that up when the weather's bad. Yeah, we played a practice round with Miriam Lee on whatever it was, Tuesday and Wednesday. She's unbelievable. I've never seen her play before. She's fantastic. Really? Uh, she's an amazingly good player. She should, well, be, she should be in the top 10 in the world easily. Well, it's, well, she's got a chance to stake that claim tomorrow. So if she's, as Huggy says, if she can get out and put the pressure on early in decent conditions, Miriam Lee only six back from Kim Kaufman, who admitted... Uh, just recently, she was a bit nervous today, and I'm sure in chasing her first LPGA Tour win, she'll be in the same boat. Uh, unfortunately, there's some probably not so pretty news to report on. I know for a long time there were 30. Let's go through this slowly. There were 35 women and ties to make this field's cut tomorrow after a third round cut, and we were cruising along. There were 35 women in the field, and you two didn't have a bag yep. uh, with your players that won over. Our bosses were tied for 36th. It was yep. tied for 36th, and uh, would you believe Teresa Liu? Uh, a delightful young lady had a triple bogey on the eighth on the eighth hole. Her seventeenth crashed to two over the card, and brought nine extra women back up into the fray. And we're going to have forty-four women tomorrow at uh, two at one over or better. Sorry, forty-three women. Sorry, at one over or better who will make the cut into the final round. And would you believe after a sixty-five yesterday, Kari Webb's had an eighty-two today and has fallen all the way back to three over and missed the cut. You wouldn't credit that. Well, no. No, she's better than that. But it was one of those, it was a day like, you could, you could do that today. If you made a mess of it, you could do that. Is it just rust, Huggy? Like, she's, you know, yesterday it all clicked together. Today it doesn't wake, the rust doesn't come off as easily. It, she's only played these tournament rounds since August. Yeah, I suspect she drove it badly today because if you, if you didn't hit the, start hitting the fairways in, that, in those conditions... Five, six, sevens came immediately into play, which I, I saw a bit of that. It, it, it came down to that. I mean, if you, if you got off to a good start on, on any hole, you were fine. But if you didn't, big, big numbers were out there. And, and she hasn't putted well today. I watched quite a bit of her front nine, and she couldn't make a putt. Um, she three-putted the second, um, sort of kicked her off on the wrong foot. Uh, and it was just a, yeah. Well, that, I think... It, it, Assuming she did drive it badly, like I'm saying, uh, that immediately puts pressure on your putting because mm. you're, you're putting for par a lot of the time, and that's you know that's not good. Well, it shows that proper links course, which was chopped apart on Thursday. As soon as the wind comes up, it's tough. So, but you can't have St Andrews being the lesson. You can't have a course by the set that's difficult with no wind. Mm. Well, Carnoustie probably, mm. Muirfield maybe. Mm, yeah, yeah, but. When the wind comes up, you can't play them almost. So this is a perfect, for a public golf course, and a member's course, it's perfect. It's it's easy when there's no wind, but as soon as the wind comes up today, look at the scores, well, it's, it's tough. The, the, the the women's great, sorry, the, the great thing about this was that the maybe the most interesting tournament that any of us will see this year became even more interesting today Yeah. So because of the golf that was being played. Very there's true. nothing better than Lynx golf and a bit of wind. Now, we don't want the same again tomorrow. You want one day of the four being like this, I think, to make it ideal because it, you know, it just sorts them out a bit, to be honest. The scoring average today was six strokes higher than yeah. it was on yeah. Thursday when it, when the women tore the courses yeah. apart 
It's quite remarkable. I mean, it, it, it's sim- quite simply, it finds them out. The, yeah. the modern golfer at this at the top level is they play by numbers. Yeah. They play by yardages. It's all very scientific. And and suddenly the, the science goes out the window and it's an art. I mean, the, the, the yardages for any player out there today was, was just a starting point. And, and probably you could completely ignore them. I mean, there were some ridiculous numbers. I mean, the 18th hole that you were talking about earlier, I mean, Katrina... I mean, call her Katrina because everyone calls her Beanie but who I was caddying for she she had the long drive of the three players in that group and she hit it 185 yards is that right and she killed it mm. uh, and unfortunately uh, Carrie Webb is probably not the well she's the biggest name but she's not the biggest surprise to have missed the cut because today Minji Lee uh, was mm. fell victim she shot a 74 today probably in the best time to score early in the day um, just could not buy a putt all week, so Minji Lee's not going to be around for the fourth round, unfortunately. Uh, we don't have an amateur on the women's side. The, the last uh, remaining hope to get into the fourth round was Amy Hong, who was the recent Australian amateur champion. She's also finished at two over and one shot on the wrong side of the cut. Um, other big names to miss out, former champion Mel Reed. Um, who else are we rolling there? Bronte Law, Morgan Pressel. Uh, a handful of big name players missed out, but on the other side of things... We did see your two players, Christina Kim, Katrina Matthew, Aza Munoz, Sarah Kemp, and Georgia Hall, another former champion, scraping at one, one over the card. So it's all set up for a big finish in the women's side. Now we should press on to the men's side while we have time. Now, unbelievable uh, today where there were seven men at different stages held the lead. Um, that's not a common occurrence. Wade Ormsby, what's... What's even more crazy about that is that Wade Ormsby, who was a double bogey victim, if I can say that, on the second hole and out of calculations, has just ground his way through the field, carded a 70 when something more sinister was on the cards for a while, and he's actually kicked two clear of two gentlemen. Huggy, you're going to explain to me Callum Shinkwin in a minute. I'll explain Matt Steger originally from central New South Wales, went to St. Michael's, good win player there right on the Botany Bay. Can you believe this? Matt Steger started the day today at 6.40 in the very first group out. Tomorrow in the fourth round of the ISPS Hand of Vic Open, Matt Steger will be in the very last group out. Is that unprecedented? Not quite, but it, it, it just happens when you get extreme weather conditions. I mean, you get the guy who gets the break, plays early, you know, gets I mean, plays really well, obviously, but he, he makes an absolute 100%, you know, benefit from the, the yeah. break that he's getting, and suddenly, woof, he's there, you know. Great round from Steger. He did play, as everyone did in the morning, through a torrential downpour that Huggy referenced when he was cutting <laughs> earlier. It was just brutal for about 10 or 15 minutes. It was shocking rain for a while but Matt Steger dodged all those bullets carded a 65 and Justin Harding who was a brilliant tip by Ali Whitaker before the tournament began has moved up to a share of fourth alongside Brad Kennedy and David Law another Scotsman we'll talk about in a second Callum Shinkwin 66 at the same time as Matt Steger Huggy you are the minister for Shinkwin (laughs) we just don't know him as well as you do his claim to fame happened in Scotland yes uh, two years ago he 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 could have and should have won the, the Scottish Open. He came to the last hole at Dundonald with a one-shot lead at par five. He was just off the green in two. Admittedly, he, didn't, he, he got a pretty bad break. He didn't get a very good line, and he, he took six. He took four to get down from the edge of the green into a playoff with Rafa Cabrera-Bello, lost the playoff. 
and since then went into something of a decline, lost his card last year, went from win one of the bigger tournaments on the European Tour to, to losing his card completely. He's now kind of on the way back. He's a really good player. I mean, I think it, it's it's amazing to me that he lost his card last year. So it's not that surprising that he's up here um, looking like he might win. I really like the look of the leaderboard, Clates, with... Uh a smattering of Australians, Ormsby, Steger, Kennedy, Branson. Dave Branson had a great round of 67 today early. But along with those guys, we see a couple of Scots, hardy Scots in the conditions. Paul Dunn from Ireland. Your good friend Nick Colsarts uh, has really shone today, 68. Not in the best of the conditions at all. And of course, Shinkwin and Justin Harding from South Africa. A real nice European flavour, which is great for the co-sanctioned European tour. It's not surprising to me at all that they, there's a sprinkling of Scots and Paul Dunn, the Irishman, there. I mean, these weather conditions, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, you know, beyond cliche almost, but uh, we are used to playing in this stuff and we, and we know how to get it done. And it's not surprising that, you know, as I say, there's two or three Scots there hanging around and, and Paul Dunn as well, who, who you know, with a good round tomorrow, he's got a very good chance. Well, let's go through this. So Wade Ormsby is at 15, Shinkwin and Steger at 13, at 12, Harding, Kennedy and David Law, Branston, Colstarts and Dunn at 11, David Drysdale, Nick Flanagan, Grant Forrest, uh, Jazz Janawatonanond. I, can, I was always going to stuff it. Jazzy J, <laughs> I'm going to roll with. Jazzy J, Jazz Janawatonanond from Thailand at 10 under, alongside Jason Scrivener, who's a bit of a drama at the end of his round. Aaron Townsend, Blake Windred, who's moved into unbelievably the low amateur uh, position ahead of David Michaluzzi, the only two remaining players who can win the low amateur title. Blake Windred just uh, texted me before we went on air and said it was some of the best bad weather golf he's ever played today. A 69 in the worst of the conditions for the young New South Wales amateur. Fantastic golf. And he's now at 10 under par in total, as I mentioned. And he is three shots clear of David Michaluzzi, who had a very topsy-turvy round today uh, at seven under, and he's in the race to be the low amateur. Jared Felton, Daniel Gavins, Anton Carlson, Clement Sorday, Ashley Chesters, Nick Cullen, all the names probably within reach. That's a, probably about as far as we'll go down there, is it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, down to eight under? Somebody to win from that number, of, with the number of bodies ahead of them, that's, that's what really what counts more than the number of shots. Because somebody above them is going to play well, so the, you have to play extraordinarily well to, to beat them, to win. So just like the women's field, Clates, um, there was a bit of drama around the cut, as there always is in a third-round cut. For the longest time, it was seven under, then it went to six under, and there were a million people in. And in the last couple of holes, the cut went back up to seven under, and we only have 36. We have 35 in ties, so we've got 36 going through at seven under par. That includes uh, Jeff Ogilvy and Jason Norris at that number. Uh, who it doesn't include is very interesting. I would have thought that uh, there's some big names here who, who had hopes, high hopes, as the day unfolded. Peter Lonard, Stuart Manley didn't have a great day. I would have thought he would have potentially done better in those conditions, Huggy, maybe. Um, who else have we got? Richard Green had a 73 to miss by a couple of shots. Uh, Connor Simon, for former Australian amateur champion, he's missed the cut. Uh, any other names that surprise you there, Clates, as we scroll down? Matt Jager had an absolute yeah, nightmare one, today. Yeah. 66, 66, 81. Wow, that's a bad day. He had a triple bogey on the first Matt Jager. I was watching him and he sort of scratched around with another couple of putts on the second and the third and it just all went pear-shaped for Matt Jager. So I've put the uh, the kiss of death on my two guys this week. Couldn't get either of them into the fourth round, so not so good. No uh, heroics in the tipping front this time around. 
Ashley Hall was another who had a great second round but couldn't back it up today. Another former champion, bit in the dust. And Scott Hend, I had high hopes for him too. 79 today. And we just see some really big numbers, uh, unfortunately. And there's some big names who have been on the wrong side of that. Funny Ogilvy, mate. He didn't, we got in the range this morning. He didn't realise there was a cut. Oh, didn't he? Didn't even know there was a cut. <laughs> gotta, I said, you got to play well today. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I said, there's another cut. Well, you, you, know? put, said, you, put you, you put him under pressure yeah, right away. He had no idea there was another cut. He <laughs> thought so, he could just cruise around the weekend. So he yeah. got him, which was good. He's played well this week. For Blake hasn't played for six months. Yeah. I tell you who I'm disappointed that you know I've talked him up before is uh, Robert McIntyre from Scotland. He's a left-handed, and already Scotland's greatest ever left-handed <laughs> golfer, as I keep yep. telling people. But uh, he had six birdies in his round today, and he, he still managed to miss the cut. He didn't. That's amazing. Big numbers, yes. So, um, look at, look out for him in the future, but uh, not this weekend, sadly. So, a couple of the pre-tournament favourites, really, actually, in a bunch here on our leaderboard. Ryan Fox from New Zealand was going along beautifully today. He's missed the cut by a shot, had a triple bogey uh, early on his back nine that crippled him. In, ultimately, he's at six under and missed out. Lucas Herbert had one of his uh, lesser rounds for the year, seventy-six today, to also miss out by a shot. And world top 100 player Yuta Ikeda from Japan, 73, not as bad, but uh, still on the wrong side of the cut there by a shot. And Scotland's Michael Sim, I see, has just missed that as well. <laughs> You'll be pleased that Scotland's Karis Davidson, I think, she, is still yeah. alive in the women's. She is, yes. I had a first, my first ever chat with Karis the other day, <laughs> and, and I'm pleased to report that she still sounds a wee bit Scottish. <laughs> Which bit of her sounds Scottish? Well, her voice, she was good. I really? Mean, she's she still got the accent, and she, oh, I think she enjoyed talks. talking to somebody who knew where Inner Lithan was, which is her hometown in Scotland. <laughs> We've got a G rating on this. Don't talk about Inner Lithan. <laughs> she looks very Scottish, too. She you does. She's she got, very, she we, we call people who look like her Peely Wally in Scotland. She's a kind of pale white. You know, she's, yeah. She doesn't tan easily, I wouldn't think. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a lot of Scottish words today, oh, this whole week, Huggy. It's been a real education to listen to. Yeah, it's a proper language. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In our own minds, at least. Clates, what what is the, the tournament? We haven't had a chance to talk to you on the podcast this week. What has the tournament become in your eyes, just quickly before we wrap up? Well, I've always loved the format. I think it's a interesting, eclectic. If you went through the number of countries represented this week, it would be hard to find a tournament anywhere in the world ever who's had which has had more countries playing in it. Um, walking on the fairways is great. I mean, everything about this Thomas Street. Walking on the fairways, men and women. Where else can you watch Rio Ishikara, you know, Kim Kaufman, Paula Kramer, Jeff Ogilvy, and the same golf. You've never been able to do that before, ever. So it's been said before this week, is this the future of the Australian Open, really? And in your mind, that hasn't changed? No, I think... Instead of trying to find the reasons why we can't do it, you should try and find the reasons why we can. Because I think, you know, the Open should be one of the world's great tournaments. And this is, that's a better title than this one. And you would attract a, probably a better, very top-end field. You know, in terms of three or four players at the top that would make a difference. But it's such an interesting tournament to watch. It's great. You know, it's a a model for, you know, I think for um, golf. Well, Two struggling tours in Europe, the senior tour and the women's tour. I'm not sure why they wouldn't try it. Because mm. between them, they're having a tough time selling anything to a sponsor. If you join them up and you, you, know, you gave something different, and, you know, I think you'd have a chance. But you know, th- this is the, the way forward for not every time in the world, clearly, but a, f- but a few at least. 
and Huggy, you've obviously can bring a different perspective on it. I know it's receiving rave reviews in television mm. coverage around Europe and across North America with the LPGA Tour as well. Um, it's opened up a whole new market, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm in favour of anything that's different. Um, I'm, I'm, but like Mike, I think we, we should be cautious in not going overboard on this. I mean, it, it's a good thing two or three times, four times a year maybe, but no more than that. Let's not beat it to death. It, it's, a, it's a great idea, but it should remain special. It's the, the trouble with the golf season in general is that it's far too long and it's yeah. too much the same. So we don't want you know just sprinkle it in there and in, in, in the right places and the right times, and I think it will work perfectly. Well, thank you very much, boys. I appreciate you coming up after a long day. You've probably walked 36 holes each, I would imagine, in the, if we can count the steps. So really good of you to stick around after a long day of play. Stage is set for a magnificent finish to the ISPS Hand of Vic Open down here at 13th Beach. If you can come along and you're listening right now, Get down here to Bowen Heads. Um, we've, we really want you to come through tomorrow. We expect bumper crowds down here. And uh, I'm getting messages from my producer. Or you can watch it on TV. I can't he- hear messages and speak at the same time. I'm not that coordinated at <laughs> this time of night, Huggy. Watch it on ABC TV tomorrow live. Or it's, or it's simulcast on Fox Sports around Australia from 1pm uh, Australian Eastern Summertime. Obviously, check your local guides. But if you can tune in, it'll be fantastic. It'll be great vision. I'm sure there's going to be bumper crowds at Bowen Heads. Thank you, Huggy. My pleasure. Thank you, Clates. Thank you, Hazy. That's it for Inside the Ropes, episode number 83, a big special Vic Open edition.